It's great to see you today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad you can join us. Um, it was about uh, 22, 23 years ago, the Norby family was making their way north. We were moving to Williston, North Dakota, and we're heading along the south side of North Dakota on the freeway and going 75 miles an hour. And we notice a big sign. You ever see those signs? Bump ahead. So what do you do when you see a bump ahead sign? I wonder. What do you do? Do you slow down? No, I never slow down because usually it's just a little bump, right? So there's a guy about a half mile in front of me saw the same sign, and he didn't slow down at all. He was a, a, a big truck pulling up a big trailer. He hit that bump. Oh, my goodness. He was airborne. Went over this thing. The trailer went sideways and went kind of all wacko, and he pulled over quickly to the side of the road. And, and I remember slowing down and thinking, in North Dakota, when they put a bump sign up, they mean bump. You, you don't go fast. Um, and what we're going to talk about today in our, our Roman series, have we kind of come to what I, I think is a, a bit of a conclusion, some climatic kind of thinking to this first section of Romans 14 when we've been talking on disputable matters, is Paul's going to bring us to this real climatic thought that you and I are not supposed to be a bump in the road, a stumbling block, an obstacle to other people, especially to brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not supposed to cause them to go airborne when they run into us and get all disoriented. And so today, uh, we're going to continue on in Romans 14, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 18, but we're going to really zoom in on this idea that we're not supposed to be a stumbling block or an obstacle to another person, especially another person of the Christian faith. So listen to this scripture. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. So here's our big thought, and really this includes the last couple of weeks Paul's been working to this kind of climatic understanding uh, of our Christian faith and how we express it. So listen to this. This is the big thought. Make up your mind. Be determined. Be fixated on not being a stumbling block or an obstacle in the way of others. You just are supposed to make up your mind. I'm not going to put or not going to become a stumbling block or an obstacle to a brother or sister in Jesus Christ. Um, Ultimately, all the teaching that we've looked at thus far has, has led us to this uh, teaching on disputable matters, to this climatic kind of thought that, you know, if we're going to live out our faith right as, as a Christ follower, then we're not going to become a stumbling block or an obstacle uh, to other people, especially to others as they pursue Jesus Christ. So we're going to look a little bit deeper into what does it mean to be a stumbling block and what does it mean to be an obstacle. First, let's look at stumbling blocks. Um, I had six kids. I still have six kids. I have 13 grandkids. Um, they all love to play with Legos. How about your kids? 
Yeah, they love them. I got and and, and we have a, a drawer, a dresser drawer, just full of Lego, Legos that the grandkids come over and play with. Now that that our kids kind of grew up uh, playing with them, you know what they do when they're done playing with Legos? They leave them all over the floor, right? Anybody relate to me on that? And you know what I do frequently in our household? I do what is called the Lego walk. You ever do the Lego walk? You know they're there. You, if you step on the Lego and stocking feet, you'll never do that again. And it hurts like crazy. Amen? Anybody relate to me now? Yeah, I've, done, I've stepped on so many of these things. So you do the Lego walk. You can, you know, walk it through the, through the right? Uh, and being careful not to, to step on one of these blocks. Now, my kids and my grandkids, they don't leave these here on purpose thinking, let's hurt this guy. They just don't think about me at all. They're absorbed in what they're doing. Amen, right? They're playing with Legos. They're not going to pick the Legos up. That would make sense. They just don't do that naturally. Amen, right, parents? They just leave them lie where they lie. And I frequently had to say to the kids, let's pick up the Legos. Let's pretend we're playing backwards. That never worked. That was a dad joke. That was never funny to begin with and never helped them. So a stumbling block is simply defined this way. Something that causes others to stumble. And usually... When, when this refers to stumbling block, usually it's unintentional. We can unintentionally cause somebody to stumble in their faith simply because we're self-centered people and we're just not thinking about how our actions affect other people. It's not being done maliciously. It's just not being considerate, not thinking of other people. And Paul has been trying to educate us in Romans 14 be considerate of other people, especially when it comes to gray areas of life, to disputable matters that don't matter. Make sure that first and foremost on your mind is how what you're saying affecting somebody else. And is, are you being too convictional on something that you don't need to be convictional on? Are you becoming unintentionally a stumbling block to a brother or sister in faith? And Paul says, I'd rather not eat meat. If, if, it, if it causes someone else to stumble in their faith, I just, I'm not, not going to eat meat. You know, he just, and that was his example he's been using in, in Romans 14, whether to eat meat or not to eat meat. And so when it comes to the stumbling block, I would say this, the operative word is awareness. Just be aware of others. Be aware of what you're doing and saying to them and how it can trip them up. Amen? Okay. So now let's move on to obstacles. That's an interesting word. Um, uh, the New Testament was written in Greek. And the, the word obstacle, obstacle uh, it comes from the Greek word scandalon. And uh, the scandalon is a trigger of a trap on which the bait is placed. Um, when the trigger is touched by an animal, the trap springs and it closes on, on its victim. So it's an enticement to conduct that could cause harm. So I borrowed this from Samuel. Thanks, Samuel. We here. He got me a classic snap trap, um, which these things always scare me because I think I'm going to take a finger off whenever I'm trying to set one of these. I, I hope, Samuel, that you don't do that. But at any rate, um, so uh, uh, the scandal on is this little round thing here. It's the trigger of the trap, right? The little round thing on which you place the bait. So you take your trap and you just, you know, spring. I'm not going to do it here because, like I said, these things, I don't know. They always scare me. Um, but you, so you set the trap. You put the bait on there. The animal comes along. What happens? They step on the trap and snap. They're caught in the trap and you have them, you know. Are you okay with me saying and talking about this here? Some of you are looking a little shocked, you know, but, but um, scandalon is this thing right here. So I have um, a, a demonstration for you. You guys like demonstrations? So I have a live trap here. 
that uh, I used to trap rabbits with in the Norby uh, yard. They love to eat bushes in the wintertime. And so I work diligently all summer long, right? And then the rabbits think I've created rabbit food for them to eat all, uh, or I, 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 I do the bushes all summer long to get them nice. And then the rabbits destroy them in a matter of a couple of weeks if I let them. So I trap them. And so uh, I'm going to set this trap for you and I'm going to show you how this works, okay? Um, so anyway, let me lift this up. It's spring loads. It's, it's a little sort of safer. So what you do is the red apple here, this apple city, that's the enticement to the rabbit. By the way, if you're trying to trap rabbits in the wintertime, they love apples, especially if you slice them open and they can smell them. So they come in. This is the scandal on here. This is the trigger to the trap. So are you, are you ready? Are you watching this now? Because this is going to happen fast, all right? Kids, you watching? So the rabbit comes walking in. The furry little thing I hate that eats every bush in my yard, right? Everyone goes, oh, they're so cute. No, they're not. They're little varmints. Anyway, um, they eat your bushes. So they come walking in, he sees the apple, and he steps on the scandalon. What happens? Ha! He's trapped. And then I, you know what I do with that trapped rabbit? When you're bugging me, I go to your yard. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I don't do that. No, no. I go to some remote place, and I let him go on. Some predator will eat them. You know, and that's how that works. In the, that's how it works when you're a rabbit. You're, you're the low thing on the food chain there. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's the truth of the matter. Um, and so, so this, this word obstacle, obstacle, it, it means I'm baiting the trap for somebody else and I'm causing them uh, uh, to fail. Now, let's talk family life because this really applies to family life. Um, if, especially if you're, you're younger kids, you know how to entice your brother or sister, don't you? You know how to, to do some things that just annoy them and, and get, uh, get them going, amen? It's baiting the trap. It's causing someone to fail. And um, this happens frequently in families. Um, it's not only between siblings. Sometimes the, the kids will do that to the parents. They just know what to do to get you going. They know how to get under your skin because they live with you, Right? And same with parents. Sometimes we do that to our kids. Um, I, I, I can be immature at times. How about any of the other dads? And so if the kid's been bugging me all day, I know what to do to get them back. And frequently, the only one mature in our family has been Vicky, Because uh, she'll tell me, why are you acting like a little kid? Because I'll say, because it feels so good right now. And it's baiting the trap. It's enticing them to do things they ought not to do. And, and, and it, let's take this to a, a little bit more of a serious level. Um, um, this is encouraging a friend, maybe a really good friend of yours, that maybe has an alcohol problem, but they've been sober for a while. It's, it's saying, let's go to the bar and witness, and you're, you're like baiting the trap. You're, you know, it's a good thing to do, but you're taking them to a place they probably shouldn't go to. That's going to cause them to be enticed and, and attracted away from things uh, of Christ. It's, it's having a, 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 another situation. It's having a friend that maybe came to Christ and they listened to pretty hardcore music before. Uh, not, when I say hardcore, not good music before uh, coming to Christ. And, and so you have a new... Uh, sound system piped into your, you know, and put into your house. And so the friend comes over and you're piping that very music over your sound system of your house when they, they come to see you. You're, you're just baiting the trap. You're causing them to go think back on things they ought not to think back on that probably will stumble them up in their faith. It's, uh, here's a classic one. 
especially for some young men. Um, sometimes young men are very visually stimulated, and so um, you know they don't handle that kind of uh, thing well. And so you say to your friend who maybe struggles with this, "Let's go to the swimming pool." <laughs> You're baiting the trap for that person, that guy to fail. Amen. And, and so that's sometimes the way we entice. And so the two words, stumbling block and obstacle, are a little bit different. The stumbling block means I unintentionally am doing some things that maybe trip somebody else up. It's kind of the Lego scenario where the obstacle is I'm baiting the scandal on a trap and I'm enticing a brother or sister to fail. It's more purposeful. And so here's the guiding principle. Now hear this. We're to place a high value on others and be aware of how your actions affect them and we're to operate by the law of love then always have the best interests of others at the heart of what you do this is kind of the climatic thought that Paul's bringing us to here in Romans 14 he's talking on disputable matters and he's educating us don't get all bent out of shape on things that don't matter don't be convictional on those things uh, you know you can have your convictions but be considerate of others and then he gets us to this big thought ultimately what we're supposed to be doing is is operating by the law of love where I have the best interest of others at the heart of what I do that is true Christian uh, maturity and so um Paul has used some different examples of food and sacred days to kind of get us primed and understanding the issue at hand but he ultimately brings us to this this thought um Paul knows meat doesn't make me unclean I can eat anything I want I'm, I'm cool with that. But he says, I'd rather never eat any meat again if it's going to cause you to stumble. I won't eat meat in your, I just won't do that. I, I, I give it up because I value you more than I value my uh, liberty to eat this, this, this meat. Um, and Paul says, if I do eat meat in front of somebody that's struggling with meat eating, all right, um, he's saying, then my, my liberty, even though what I'm doing is right and good, will be spoken evil of by you. So I'm doing something, I know it's not wrong, but then in your eyes, it's evil. If you have that kind of restriction in your life, and that's what he's talking about, then what's good has been spoken evil of, and that doesn't do anybody any good anyway. Um, just a side note here, just because we can eat all things doesn't mean we should. Amen? Just because we have that liberty, we shouldn't, you know, just say, oh, I can do anything I want in Christ because I'm free and all that. Yeah, but you, you know, there's balance in scripture. First Corinthians 6, 12 says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so remember this kind of rule, I should do what's right for me and right for others. Amen. As much as possible in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't think Romans 14 is letting off the hook the one who has a lot of restrictions in their life either. So if you're one that says, you know, I don't like to do this kind of thing or this kind of thing because it causes me to stumble up in my faith, um, you're also to be sensitive to those around you uh, and not place your convictions on to them. Amen? And, and one commentary said this. Now, when I use the word commentary, all that means is some people that study the Bible and they give us their thoughts. It says this, the weak Christian... And remember, weak Christian means the one who has self-imposed restrictions so that they don't stumble in their faith. It says the weak Christian should not try to fence others in with extra rules causing dissension. So whether you're feeling free and I can do these things to Christ or whether you think I got some restrictions here, neither, neither side should say the other has to do what I do. Amen? So some of you know this. I have some, uh, had some 
uh, issues going on with my cardiovascular system. So I had some uh, resection done on my carotid artery and some stuff done with my heart. So I, I have a very strict diet, sort of. <laughs> I eat peanut M&Ms, okay? I'm just going to admit that to you. Um, but I, I, I eat differently than I did, and I keep eating more and more differently uh, it, and it's, it's difficult to do. But if I'm sitting down with you and you want to have a big old steak, you know, fine. I'm cool with that. You know, it may kill you, but I'm fine with it. I'm just joking. You just, that, that was even a bad joke to say in the joke. But I've had people sit down, they know some of the things I've gone through, and they're apologetic. Well, I'm sorry, buddy. And I said, why? Do you like it? Yeah. Good for you. I don't, I, my restriction isn't your restriction. Amen. Right? And I honestly don't care if you just love to eat. Eat it, eat it, man. Enjoy it. And so that should be our attitude with one another when it comes to things that don't matter. We got to let them, what? Not matter and be most concerned about relationships and what's beneficial to one another. Um, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to bring this to a conclusion rather quickly today. You all right, church being done early today? Okay, let's just go. I'll just go for another half an hour. I thought someone would say hallelujah or amen or something. I didn't even get an amen for that. Sounds like a trap. (laughs) I got to get control now. It really was a trap. It's... uh, you found me out. That's not good to do that. Anyway, I, I'm going to skip right to the conclusion now. <laughs> All right, let's go to the conclusion. <laughs> the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or, or drinking or any other disputable matter. Amen? That's not, that's not the main thing. Um, but rather of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That, that's what the kingdom of God's all about. Righteousness in Jesus Christ for me, right? In Jesus Christ, and by by receiving Jesus by faith and asking him in our heart, we're right, we're righteous. It's about that. It's about understanding now we have peace with God and we can have peace with other people, amen? And it's about this joy that's unquenchable, that, that nothing diminishes that joy that we have in our lives. That's what, that's what Christianity is about. That pleases God and it blesses others. This pleases God and blesses and encourages others. Um, I want to do just a short sidebar with you since it's family day and we're kind of all together here. And I've got a couple minutes here and then Kyle's going to come out and, and, and finish with uh, some, some songs and stuff. Uh, I just want to talk to you about some things that are kind of personal and a good thing. Okay, so it's absolutely nothing to do with the message. Are you all right with that? Just something uh, I think that would be beneficial for you to hear. Um, Vicky did some stuff with our kids as they were growing up. Now, our, my youngest son is 26, so I'm dating myself. My daughter, oldest daughter is 40, okay? So now you get my range of kids with me. And so she was really good at doing some things that I want to encourage you all to do, and I do this personally some now. It's so it can be done with your kids, but you can do it yourself. She, she would laminate a lot of scripture into these little cards, and she had them on a keychain. And she'd have them hanging from her mirror in the car. So whenever the kids and her would go someplace, they would work on Bible verses together and talk about it and memorize them. And she did that with some songs too, some classic Christian songs, um, you know, teaching them th- some of those things. And she just kind of did that when she would drive around town and was using the moments to just put into their little lives 
the things of God. I am convinced that really affected them in a good way. And they're all really good learners. They're all really smart kids. But partly they learn to memorize when they're little. They learn to do these things. And they got thinking right and all that kind of stuff. And I'm saying this because it's, it's, it's such an important thing, parents, that you take ownership of discipling your kids. That you see yourself as the main ones for shaping their life into Christ-likeness. That you take that call seriously, amen? And so you can talk to them today. You should have some talk with them when you go home on, on some of the stuff we talked about today, amen, right? And, and, and debrief them and talk. Do you get this? Do you understand that? I mean, this is a very uh, uh, age-diverse message. I don't know about you. I, I still love Optic, op, you know, object lessons. I, I never outgrow that. That's just kind of how I think. That's how I, I, I do things, you know. But, but parents, I just want to encourage you here at Grace Point. Disciple your kids, amen? You are the ones that have the most influence on them, and you always will. Use what influence you have to uh, promote the things of Christ in their lives. You'll never, ever, ever regret it, amen? So, anyway, that's my little side note. Um, we have for you, as you leave kids today, if you're a kid, a Lego that you can pick up out by one of these doors. This is a Duplo, so, so I, know, I know the difference, amen? So Duplos are big, so you can see them. Legos are little, and they're very dangerous. Anyway, to walk on. So you can pick up a Lego if you're, if you're a child, and just to remember, I'm not going to be a stumbling block. And so the next time you want to mess around with your brother or sister in a not-so-good way, I want you to think about that Lego. And think about, am I, am I becoming an obstacle to my brother or sister here? And, and use it that way. I, uh, I bought some of these wood blocks here too. And um, if you're a kid or something, you can come up and pick one of these up. Um, and you can have this too because I just want to get rid of these. They're just little wood blocks. I'm sure they're good for leaving in the living room. And no, I'm just joking. But you can pick one of those up. And so I'll save some for third hour, okay? And then uh, you're welcome to come up and grab one of those after church too. So God's good, Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, please don't pick up my Duplos. I tried to do that first hour. I want to keep these, okay? Kids, you see that? So I need them for a third hour, otherwise I wouldn't care. Um, let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this teaching in Romans 14 and how it brings us to this climatic conclusion uh, for the last three weeks here that we've been looking at Romans 14, that really basically, Lord, we're to live by the law of love, that we're to be concerned first and foremost about how our actions affect somebody else, and whether it's unintentionally or intentionally harm, harmful to them, Lord, we're supposed to become aware of that and uh, be uh, considerate of others in how we're treating them, Lord. And our first and foremost thought should be not to be a stumbling block or an obstacle, in, and especially in, in, the, in regards to someone else's faith, Lord, in you, Jesus. Uh, so thank you for this teaching of Paul. It's so uh, relevant to the time that we live in, Lord and so helpful as we deal with a lot of issues that are gray right now in our culture, Lord. May we always have that perspective, uh, first and foremost, how do I please you, God, and how do I benefit others? I just pray that we would have that kind of duality going on in our thought process. And just thank you for Romans, and thank you for how applicable it is. Thank you for this family day. Thank you for uh, all the parents in here, Lord, that love their children and are are instilling Christ into them, Lord. Just thank you for uh, this opportunity to come together in a multi-generational way, um, Lord. 
commitment, I think is a little bit of a glimpse of heaven here. Uh, God, we just love you and praise you. I pray that you bless the people of Grace Point and fill them with your Holy Spirit today, Lord, that we would walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, and that you would just anoint our lives, Lord, with power from on high. And so, God, we love you and praise you. And I pray for anyone especially today, Jesus, that doesn't know you yet, I just pray they ask you into their heart and that they become born again, and, uh, not of flesh, but of the Spirit, Lord, to live an entirely new life in you. I pray these things in your name, Jesus, and all God's people said.